everyone, and welcome to another episode of From No Crypto to No Crypto. I'm the crypto coach, Blockchain Wayne. Today, we're joined by the Reveal team, and we got a packed house today. Some really great guys I want you to hear from. So, everybody, guys, Reveal team, thanks for joining us. And uh, I guess we'll start with uh, going around the corner and seeing uh, seeing who everybody is. So, let's start with Adam. Adam, man, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Hey, guys, my name is Adam Russell, known as the Bit Dragon. I am actually the co-founder and the CVO of Reveal. I'll tell you a little bit about my background, real quick. Background in cybersecurity, XR, VR, augmented reality space, 2014. 2016, blockchain space, heavily involved as an advisor, an investor, and a thought leader. And we've been doing it ever since. And so, um, you know, we've, uh, we've had a chance to meet a lot of incredible people, including yourself, Wayne, and many events all around the world. That's how I met Alex as well. That's how I met Tony. And, um, you know, me and Mo have actually been doing this for seven years now. And we've been building Reveal for two years just to solve problems that are happening every day in the Web3 space. And we're super excited to be here. So thank you for having us. Let's jump over to Tony next. Hey, Wayne. Uh, good to see you again, brother. We've, um, we got to see you last when you were uh, out here in, in Scottsdale. Uh, we, we spent a lot of uh, good times together. Um, glad to be on. My name is Tony Marrera. I'm the CMO for Reveal. I uh, just went on, came on board with, with these guys. And after seeing what they're building and what they're doing, uh, there's no way I couldn't be a part of this. Uh, I'm a man of challenge. I love challenges. And here at Reveal, uh, we believe that we are going to be bridging that gap between Web 2 and Web 3. And I'm, I'm just stoked for not only what we're doing at Reveal, but the future of Web 3, the future of, you know, the blockchain itself. And it's just an incredible, uh, incredible time to be alive. So it's a pleasure to be here, Wayne. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Thanks again, Tony. All right, Alex, last but not least. Yeah, what's up, Wayne? Yeah, good seeing you again, man. Every convention I go to, you're always there and, and always with a smile on your face. And so really appreciate you bringing us to your podcast. Yeah, a little bit about me. I'm Alex Nace. I'm COO uh, with Reveal. Uh, background, I also was a public speaker, so, uh, just like Mo, but on teaching leaders how to be leaders uh, and was going to go down like Tony Robbins type platform. And then I discovered this really cool thing called the uh, the metaverse. And got heavily into gaming and metaverse and web3 uh and then since then i've been advising numerous companies in tech and ai and gaming entertainment media all the sorts and i uh came across uh these guys with reveal and uh, let me tell you man i'm a big believer that a team is only as strong as its leadership uh and these guys are good dudes with solid background and proven track record of success and they're just fun to work with. So uh, I said they offered uh, for having me come on. I said, absolutely. I'd love to work with you guys. And here I am. But yeah, thanks for having us today. Awesome. Awesome. So welcome again, guys. Let's jump right into it. Uh, I don't know if Adam or Mo, you guys decide who's going to talk about this one, but tell everybody that's listening, what is Reveal? Sure. When you think about security, you know, think about McAfee, you think of Norton, and when the Web3 space, when we first got involved, there was no security. Matter of fact, there still is no security. And what happened is, and when me and Mo back in 2016 got in the blockchain space, we got an ICOs, IDOs, IEOs, DeFi, Metaverse, all of it. And what we found, it was super easy to get scammed. 
<laughs> we were getting scammed on ICOs, on NFTs, uh, connecting to counterfeit websites, um, bought fake NFTs. I mean, you name it. And what we found is that there was really no solution to protect people. So we decided to build a suite of products, which we'll call the Norton 360 of protection of Web3. As Tony said, we're bridging the gap between Web2 and Web3 with a suite of products that solve a lot of the problems that many of you guys are experiencing, such as buying an NFT that was a fake one, making sure that you have the actual, real, authentic that was created and authenticated by the creator, right? Second thing, authentication. You're used to a, something you know, something you don't know, something you have, 2FA, multi-factor authentication. We created 3DFA, real 3DFA, which is who, what, and where. And we were going to be rolling that technology out, which would be object-based authentication, geolocating where you're located, when you authenticate, what you authenticate with, and a biometric of your face and your audio. And lastly, one of the biggest problems is connecting to any decentralized application. Anytime you connect your MetaMask, we have a... a we haven't rolled out all the details, we'll just call it red light, green light. And red light, green light means, hey, it's safe to move forward. You can connect your wallet. We check the permissions, the verifications, everything looks good. Or man, this looks really bad. You're up for probably a rug pull. <laughs> this has not been authenticated. It's not verified. And there's horrible permissions asking for access to every part of your wallet. And that's just the beginning of what we're building here at Reveal. We have over 100 partners. We have eight metaverse partners, including TCG World, where Alex used to be from. Uh, I've courted yourselves, Fio Protocol, which we're super excited about what you guys are building. But yeah, Reveal's here to really be a trusted brand that allows you to be able to go into the space, whether you're already in the space or you're brand new to the space, and know that someone's got your back. And our tagline for Reveal is all will be revealed. I hope that gives you a little bit of an understanding of what we do. We are on Qcoin as a token. We actually have raised some capital. We're based all around the world. And we're looking forward to sharing you guys our background in crypto and the crazy experiences we've had over the years. Yes. Yeah, and just yeah, well, real quick are... to add on to that too. Just, uh, just the overall kind of vision of Reveal is to also build a brand uh, in security that people can know and then they, they can trust. There, there's a lot of security, high-end tech talk that goes over a lot of people's heads, uh, but the average user um, needs to have something that's a very easy to use and uh, and it, and it's and it's covering them from all the dangers of today. Like people used to fall for Nigerian print scams of the past. Today we look at that like, man, how could you be so? Uh, uh, how, how could you fall for something so easy uh, to identify? But now scams and hacks—they've they, gotten—they've gotten smarter, and they—they're tricking people in ways uh, where people don't know that they're being tricked. So we, as a security company, want to educate people on just kind of do's and not do's that people don't know. We want to give them solutions for not only today's problems that are easy for them to use, but also solutions for the future. And uh, in evolving tech as well, so we want to build that kind of trusted brand. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, what you said, what Adam said in terms of um, security, 
and you guys talking about scams, when you think about the space today, I mean, it, many people will say they don't understand the space. It's plagued with scams, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but it's really, when you think about it, Alex even said, when you think about the Nigerian print scam, the scams are still around. Mm -hmm. Scams, there's real estate scams or stock scams. I think what happens is we need better tools to prevent that. And it sounds like that's what you guys are doing because that's not going to go away. We're, and especially in, an, in, in open technology where anybody can come in and create anything, you've got to be able to tell the difference what's good, what's bad, what's legit, what's not. Uh, so it, it's important to have that uh, because trust is really what people need to understand. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, every day I turn around, I see someone says, says something on, on a social media site where they connected their wallet to this fraudulent site or something else. And next thing you know, their whole wallet's wiped out. It's so sad. So yeah, those, those tools are important. When people got involved in this space, they got it for two reasons. They're the libertarian or like most said, they're techie. And the problem is they have no idea how to build a great brand. They have no idea how to create a user experience, but they slap something together. They come up with a MetaMask, <laughs> come up with a Kraken, early Kraken, Bitrix, OpenSea. And those early platforms were so horrible user experiences. Then they create a brand. Now I want you to think about it. There's 24,000 coins or tokens. And if you look at all of the projects of Web3, it's like 200,000. Think about how many brands, now maybe you personally, know a decent amount of brands because you're in the space. But most people look if they know 10 to 20 brands out of 20,000 plus, you know, so to have a brand that people can recognize, we did it in reverse, right? We said, let's build the brand first that people could recognize, then build a Amazon buy now, super simple process that people could interact with. So we have a simple user interface interface that anybody could use for all of our products. And then back that in with proprietary technology that we build, but also partner, collaborate, and as recent as our acquisition and acquire, right? And that's how you build a multi-billion dollar brand. And that's what we're in the business to do is to help people be able to interact as easy as possible and as safe as possible. Yeah. Yeah, man. Look, what you guys are talking about, user interfaces, I've said that for years. This, this space has some of the best tech, but it's not user focused. And I always give the example, I'm, I'm, I'm an Android guy, I have Android phones, but I always tell people, why is iPhone so popular? Is it the best phone on the market? I don't really think it is. You guys think it is? Why is it so popular? Because of the brand. The brand, and it's easy to use, right? It's super easy to use. You're right. For most yeah, people. So that's, yeah, that's, that's and, and that's what drives adoption. I always love giving comparisons back to the, you know, to old, older tech adoption cycles, whether it's the internet, social media, or even going further back than that. But, um, let's, let's, let's stop on the brand for a second guys. And, uh, I'll see if, uh, see who wants to take this one, but you mentioned it, you guys have done a lot to build your brand. I've seen that, you know, at events, obviously I, you know, you guys say you see me at every event. I see you at every event. <laughs> uh, but it's more than that. I mean, you guys are heavy into Twitter spaces, a lot of collabs, a lot of partnerships. So someone's looking to build their, their brand image out there. What, what's some, some strategy tips that you guys could give that you have used to build that brand, uh, to get that brand recognition and to build more credibility in the space. I'll take that one. Uh, unless you, you want to take that. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Go Tony. 
Thank you, brother. I, I appreciate that. Um, to add to that, uh, Wayne, it's a, it's a very good question. A lot of these companies seem to forget that a brand isn't what you say it is. It's what your customers and your community say it is. And it is imperative that you know, you don't let your community decide what that is. You hand it to them. You give it to them. You tell them what your brand is. And by doing so, you engage with your community. You interact with them. We, we have our weekly Twitter spaces, shameless plugs, on Wednesday at 10 a.m. PST. Sorry. Sorry, Wayne. <laughs> but we have you on there all the time. You know, we have, we have a lot of our partners, and we invite anybody to come out and talk. And we're not just, you know, talking about review. We're talking about topics that are, you know, uh, trending. We're talking about things that are relevant to the Web3 space. You want to have that interactivity with your community, but you also want to have transparency. You want to communicate with them as often as you possibly can so that you can you know, gain that trust that your community uh, wants to receive from a higher voice in the field. Uh, and and you know, at Reveal, we, we strive to provide a very easy to use experience, but one that is going to be around for generations to come. I want my, my kids to be protected from fraudulent activity in the future. I want you know my parents, my, my siblings, uh, my wife, I want everybody to be protected and safe. To be able to move into the future of Web3, we need to create that trust and, and reliability. And in order to do that from a brand's perspective, communication is key. I, I firmly believe that. I think that's the biggest component of it. You want to engage with your community as often and as frequently as possible. That's why we have our Twitter spaces. You want to engage with your community uh, as in, in, a, in a whole different level. Open up AMAs. We, we have uh, you know monthly AMAs where we ask our community to write questions and we answer them uh, as, as, uh, as a podcast style type, uh, type level where we're engaging with them, making sure that we're, our, our alignments are in focus with what our community wants. And, and that's how we move forward. We, we, you know, we're not here to reinvent the wheel. We, we simply want to enhance it. Uh, it's, it's a model that I've used for a very long time. You don't, uh, most people tend uh, to think that they need to reinvent the wheel. That's not necessarily the case. Sometimes just changing the spokes might help uh, a little bit with aerodynamics. You know what I mean? Ch maybe changing the tire might help a little bit. So uh, as, as often as you can, try to engage with your community. And uh, yeah, that's... That's what I got from Mike. You know, and to add, to add to that, because Tony, you're so right. I mean, since we brought you on, the brand has gone 100 times past the level that it was before. We always realize that it's the first image of everything you see as a brand. Right? It's what is going to stand out from other brands. It's what's going to show what is it your brand actually does and how does it resonate with people. So what we realize in the security space my background in cybersecurity, it's not too sexy. It's like insurance. You have to have it. Nobody really wants to have to have it. You have it running in the background on your computer, slowing the shit down. <laughs> it's driving you crazy. And at the end of the day, the only thing that reminds you is there is it pops up. It says you got to renew it. And so we want to try to make security sexy again. Or security sexy. No one's ever done it. No one's ever tried to make a brand people really enjoy and, and they're like wow that's a cool brand these guys are down to earth they want to build something i really want to interact with with cool colors and, and uh, cool visuals and you know tony with a background from apple he brings such a high level of flair of branding that, that i've never seen in the crypto space 
And so I'm super excited to have Tony on board. And um, yeah, the brand is everything for us guys. Everything. Absolutely. So I sense maybe some gear coming out that says make security sexy again. <laughs> Might be coming. We have some stuff in the works. We can't, We're getting we can't talk hats, about man. it quite yet. We got some exciting <laughs> stuff about the brand. That's for sure. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, I was talking to my team today about getting some gear out there. I'm like, not, not necessarily field specific. Yeah, it'll have our logo on there somewhere. But sayings like that or slogans or something that's just catchy in the space just to get more people to look and ask questions. And well, what is that? You know? Well, that's um, why the back so, of our yeah. shirt says all will be revealed. All will be revealed. Yeah. Gotcha. Keeps that, uh, that mystery. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at what you guys are doing, most people will look at that and, and you're right, they look at this space or they're in this space and they think that traditional methods will work where they just throw some money at marketing or advertising and that's gonna catch on. That doesn't really work to this. So the community building on your, on your side, kudos to everybody because that's really what it takes. Uh, and it's gonna take to build trust in this. You know, something Mo mentioned earlier, even, even you guys with a ton of experience get scammed in the space. I think we've all experienced that at some point. And our biggest problem is we decided to push through, whether it's because we're visionaries, we had enough belief in the space, but what about, you know, all these people that come in brand new and their first experience in the space is a scam, is them losing money, you know, connecting something, uh, purchasing a fake NFT, one way or another, they lose money. That could be the castle where like, well, you know, screw this, I'm done. I, I, I didn't have this happen when I was playing in that web two space, let me go back to that safety net. Now that's the, I think the biggest problem we have in terms of we've got to be able to protect people before we just run them off. And, uh, we, cause we know they're going to come back, but the chance, you know, when, how long is that going to take to happen? Is that going to slow adoption? If a lot of people don't have a way to trust what they're doing. Well, and then, uh, scared. Yeah, yeah. Well, and a lot of people don't realize that uh, that the the real world you're getting scammed left and right just as much as uh, as the uh, Web three world. Um, like literally yesterday, I got a text on my phone that says uh, UPS has failed to deliver this package. Please click on this link to to go pick it up at a nearby place. It's a total scam. Um, yeah, a lot of I got it today. Yeah, literally, yeah. and it's going around a lot right now because I've been talking to this about a couple people. Oh yeah, I just got that too. Oh yeah, Tony <laughs> and other too. Tony. So these scams they they exist in real life just as much as anywhere else. But crypto, uh, it definitely got a little bit of a stigma when people came over just because it wasn't the, the most user experience. A lot of the companies don't have a UX guy on the team, um, and when when you try something new and you have a bad experience right out of the get go, you tend to uh, not want to go back, right? So um, people are used to these one point click um, solutions like Amazon, like that's how I buy something. I go here, I click once and it's done. I don't have to go through steps A through Q to get something. Right. Um, but it, it's becoming more and more easier for people to use. But you're, you're right, there's still these scams and hacks going on left and right, which is why we not only wanna be a company that steps up and to help develop solutions for now and in the future, but we also want to educate people like that UPS thing right there or scanning a QR code. A lot of people don't know people can get in your phone that way. Or when a scam caller uh, calls you and you answer the phone and there's nothing on the other end, it's just like electronic, like void. And you're like, oh, well, that was weird. You just confirmed your identity to a robot. 
Um, a lot of people aren't aware of this kind of stuff. So we want to be a company that people can trust not to help provide solutions, but to educate them on the dangers in this industry as well as real life as well. And you know, to add to that, social hacking, so they call it social engineering, is the easiest way to get hacked in real life, whether it be crypto or it be real life. So that's a social hack. But even more so, imagine if you got a text to watch this cool video, it came from me. Now you probably open it because you always open texts from me. Right. Scary. My PSA is never click anything unless you're in a closed system inside your company because it's very possible the person was compromised that you know who has the credibility. And that's the biggest problem is that it's that easy for them to spoof your name, spoof your number, and before you know it, whether it be your email, your phone, and as you mentioned, the QR codes. Matter of fact, I spoke on one of your stages, Metaverse 2022, and we talked about PSA about scanning mm -hmm. QR codes mm -hmm. and how scary it can be, just like clicking on a link. And the awareness is everything, right? Bringing awareness to the masses, not only on crypto, but in the idea of this social hacking, because it is so easy for them to take advantage of you. And a Starbucks, you go to click on the, the SSID, oh, click here to click on Starbucks. Do you know how easily my hackers can make it look like a Starbucks page mm -hmm. with the SSID? And boom, you're connected to their network. And now they have access to everything you have. Yep. Yeah, Adam, with those skimmers, links, there's so many ways that people get your information. It's scary. With really those uh, with those links, which a good PSA, don't click on any links. I, I I wish there was some kind of like tech out there that would like check out a link to make sure it's legit and do like a little mini audit. There's a black box, and then so, tell me so that it's. Uh, I use it, it for it, my light. Like, yeah, yeah. Out. I use it for my QR codes, and when I click a link, if I need to click a link, it checks it, opens it in a safe space, and then it quarantines it if it's bad. Yeah. I was alluding to one of our technologies we're developing. That's what, that's what we're developing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't you guys say, I mean, AI is up in the game in terms of not just productivity and efficiency, but also scams, right? Yes. I, I've had, uh, I've heard of people already that have gotten scam calls, uh, pretending to be someone that they know mm -hmm. that's using their voice. Well, the new technology that's out Next only level. needs three seconds of your voice. Not only do they now be able to recreate your voice, but they also can look at your online social media profile, your footprint, mm -hmm. and they become you. Now they have a personality and they have your voice. Now they're you. Yeah. And, and you're right, they call up, oh my God, I'm so, I'm, I'm, these people are holding me hostage. I just heard about it the other day, right? The girl, called the grandparents, like send the hostage money. It's so easy for them to do this. So now you have to have another PSA. Make sure you have a code word yeah. for real with your kids. If they call you, what's the code? Because without the code, it could be it could be AI. Right? That's actually that's actually very smart for people to do to have a family have a family code. I, I'm I'm very big in the AI in, industry. I, I I do a podcast on it, and it's pretty scary how fast we've gotten past this what they call uncanny valley where i can't tell what's 
real or not anymore. I could put 10 photos in front of you and, and you wouldn't be able to tell me which one's the AI generated one. Um, and uh, when you're when you get a call from your daughter or your son um, and it's their voice, it's from their number and they're just saying, hey, dad, I, I, I forgot. What, what's your birthday again? Like it, it, you're going to very naturally just give up that information. Um, yeah. And uh, and it's pretty wild. So, yeah, we were talking earlier about how easy some people fall for these Nigerian print scans, how gullible they can yes. be. Well, man, what if it's your own relative in their voice or in their text or whatever, uh, how they communicate with you and it, and it mirrors them. How, so, how are we supposed to expect people to not fall for that? If I can add to that, because Alex brought up a very good point and Adam with, with the family code. Um, funny enough, I've been, I've been using that with, with my family for, for a long time, but it's not only important to have a family code for confirmation, but also a family code for de-stress. So like an SOS code, if something is wrong, and you give them this specific number, let's say that the family code is 12, right? Or, or um, 1235, okay? That's the family code or whatever. That's, that's how you know that there's, there's, it's legitimately me. But if, if I tell you 3512, that means that somebody's holding me against my will and doing something, you see what I'm saying? Are you following so long, so far? It's like yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. the second code, or if the code is backwards, it's basically saying, you know, it, it's it's some something's wrong. It's not just me, but somebody's forcing me to do this. So think critically. Uh, it's what it's trying to convey. You know, proceed with caution, if you will. Yeah. So, and there's so many movies that are like predictors of the future. Yeah, right? they've seen this before. Very, you know, very true. It's crazy. <laughs> and AI technology yeah. is getting a little bit insane, guys. Like yeah. to the point where they can change your face. Be the different person. Deep fakes are getting out of control. I think what well, deep fakes have been around. They're just we're getting more access to them now. <laughs> I think governments have had that that uh, that tech for. Oh, for they've a while. had it for years. And then, yeah. listen, AI they've had for years, but they added chat, GPT, one, two, three, and four. They've been out there for at least ten years, but they just added the chat interface, which kind of goes back to what we we're talking about earlier. It's all about the user interface. And once they made it super simple, then it just exploded with this prompting industry that you could literally create almost anything you can imagine now. You just speak it into existence. And, it, and then it's kind of changing the way that our people are doing their work or losing their job or changing their job. All right. But either way, AI is a big influence. And there's AI security issues too. Mm -hmm. Major, like you mentioned earlier, like. There's major issues where AI, you could literally program it to hack something or to break something or exploit something. Or something. And it takes AI to combat AI. How crazy is that? Right? You got an AI malicious code, and AI security going at each other. It's like, where's the people? It's just AI. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Or in simpler terms, you've got AI generated. Uh papers that college kids are writing and then the professors have uh, technology to help them identify. Yeah, identify if it's not AI <laughs> or if it is AI. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, it's important. I mean, we're, we live in a digital, uh, a more and more digital first world. We're, we're all connected digitally. Security is things that most people don't think about. You're right. You said it earlier. It's not sexy. Most people don't think of it as sexy. 
And most people don't even think it's that important until something happens, until it's too late. So it's important that people think ahead, plan ahead, and learn more about it. So kudos to you guys for educating people around what you're doing. Uh, And I'm sure, uh, just just a little insight, so just a question maybe for you, Adam. Have you seen, um, have you guys started utilizing AI technologies within your your work, what you're building? we use Our AI really every day um, yeah. for different reasons. A lot of content reasons, of course. Oh, um, some logistical aspects of critical thinking that makes your life easier. Um, High-level data analytics, when we build out the infrastructure of some of the other future products. We will actually be utilizing AI in one of our future products that's in our roadmap, which is our, our, um, our haptic feedback product and um, uh, real intuition. And what real intuition is gonna do is going to allow us to be able to go into a virtual space where you normally don't have any intuition in a virtual space. It goes out the window. And what this technology will do when we build it out, it'll use AI to look at all the profiles of everyone in that virtual world to see what their profile is like, whether they're a good person or a bad person, whether they have good tendencies, bad tendencies, of towards whatever it is, we'll have a haptic feedback wristband that literally your skin is acts like a sixth sense and it'll communicate with you. For some reason, it's telling you, you don't know why, because it's doing this pattern you don't know. You should go left. And all of a sudden you just go left. You don't know why, but there was actually a bad actor to the right. Or maybe this person has uh, pedophilia tendencies. You don't want to send them to a bunch of little boys or girls. You want to send them off the other direction. It'll automatically, you won't even know why, as long as you're wearing the wristband, you'll be able to have this intuition. Yeah. So that's all AI driven in the back end. So that's just an example. But yeah, we use it every day from a productivity perspective and also in incorporating it inside of our tools and, and our different product suites as well. What if I told you that's not really Adam that you're talking to right now? <laughs> It's our AI program for podcasts. Uh, yeah, it's for any listeners that watch Black Mirror. Uh, every day, it's feeling like more and more quality that Black Mirror episode coming out. Oh yeah. Oh my God! I don't know if those of you that haven't seen it, I don't want to ruin it. But Selma Hayek is not really Selma Hayek. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I just watched that one the other day. Yeah. Just Whoa! That that. Yeah. that that's possible. Yeah. It's it is possible. That whole Netflix thing, they have. I, I don't. I don't know what terms and conditions I signed, brother. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> Nobody reads terms and conditions. Nobody right? reads. That, that was the whole premise. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, Which is going to become more and more important, uh, even as people click on terms and conditions. It may not be as extreme as in that Black Mirror episode, but you could give companies the rights to use your likeness, use your image, use your voice whatever it is. So you think you're just signing up for a video platform that oh, I can upload videos kind of like a TikTok, and not realize that you're just giving them explicit right to market using you. And they can, they can create a video promoting a product that you don't even agree with. <laughs> so then what would right, you Now you're ruining your image. You're ruining your reputation. Think about the terms and conditions for TikTok. You're oh, giving yeah. your access to everything. Yeah. Listen from the computer every phone that you have connected to everything in your entire life really 
You gave permission for. So then I got a question for all of you guys then is what would be a solution for that? Because you, we, we can't teach everybody legalese. Like we can't like somebody just wants to access a website. Like they're just trying to do this quick little thing and read this article. We can and use AI and pop up and we could have a terms and condition simplifier. Well, we yeah, do. That's a good uh, idea. Chat GPT can simplify terms and conditions for you already. And using their uh, API, you can actually integrate that uh, integrate it so that you can analyze different terms and conditions for different um, documents. Well, it's already there. It just hasn't been packaged in a cool user interface. In a cool that's user right. interface, correct. Because that's Which is an like, like, it would be really cool marketing. You actually just came up with a really good idea. Which I is know. a great opportunity for us to announce. It's a great opportunity for us to announce our next product. Just yeah. Our next product. <laughs> patent pending, so no one take it. Patent pending. Ter- it's going to be called Real Terms. Real, real terms. terms. With a three. Real, real terms. terms. With a three. Yeah, real R3. Dude, I would pay I would pay money for that right now. Well, there is um. There is an AI. No, he's getting the patent right now. Yeah. I'm already, I already have my assistant doing it. Mauricio. There is a there there is a a lawyer that's uh, all AI based. It's called Do Not Pay. Have you guys heard of it? And you know he got in trouble. You know he yeah. got in trouble using it. Who, who oh, did? It wasn't yeah, yeah, it wasn't accurate. Yeah. Oh, really? It's a huge wow. thing. It was just in the news. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They, well, they literally in big trouble. There goes to show you. I mean, you can't trust everything. It's uh, it needs to be vetted. It needs to be authenticated. What do they say? Good good stuff in, good stuff out. Bad right. stuff bad in. Bad stuff in, bad stuff out. Yeah. But that's also that's what scares me when they got AI getting trained on the deep web, in the dark web. Mm-hmm. Think yeah. about the information that's getting. But also a big problem with these uh, AIs or these uh, large language models too is that they're getting trained off data that is a couple years old. So there could be a law passed or something changed to where it's suggesting that uh, that you're covered because of X Y Z. But in the last two years. Uh, laws went through to a justice. So now that legal opinion is actually incorrect. So you need an AI that keeps up to date with, uh, and is that that's, and that's live fed information, which we're getting there very quick, but it's not quite there yet. I think there's multiple different language models. So like ChatGPT, it used to do only about two years, but the, a lot of the newer language models will use real time data and yes. they're going out. Yeah. And they're learning quickly, whether it be internally in your company or across the board. Yeah. Like literally it goes in polls from every different medium. Real time. Yeah, that's where that accident comes in. Yeah, it it's getting a little scary. A lot when, when you've got the heads of Google and you've got the heads of like Elon or major companies that are the top researchers in AI telling you that we're screwed. That's well, pretty scary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like they're like, 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 stop, like, like, let's stop doing this. And nobody's listening. Well, and then on top of that, there's a lot of companies that are now banning AI products and software from their employees because it's sending personal, like company info mm. to these big corporations. And they, they have to keep that under wraps. They have to keep that secret. Um, and so that's where you get this like decentralized model where you can set your own parameters and you can set who my private info goes to. I think it's going to be a really big thing, which will draw more people into uh, decentralized crypto and uh, and blockchain world. 
um, as a whole, because a lot of these companies are going to really need that extra layer of security, which is why we're in a good space to help uh, to help prepare for all of that, to cover not only the solutions of everybody coming over when that happens, but also these future problems that nobody else really wants to take under their belt. Like you said earlier, Adam, not many people want to go out and start a security company. So there's not very many out there. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was in Lisbon, Spain, or in Lisbon, Portugal, <laughs> with Mo, and I looked around. I was with Near Protocol, as one of our partners. Also, we got a grant from Near, and we're at the Near Foundation and at their big party, at their big event. But we're at the event during the day, and there's like 250 exhibitors. And I said, Mo, I just had an epiphany. He says, What? I said, There's 250 high level tech companies here. All of them have customers that need security. They all need security and none of them want to be in the security business. <laughs> the big, I can saw the bulb pop over Mo's head. And I was like, think about it. We're a brand. Why can you only think of a couple of, on one hand, security companies? Cause it's a very difficult thing to do, but it's more difficult to build a brand, mm -hmm. right? And we're the first ones that are really tackling building a brand. There's been other people. There's like 50 security companies in Web3. And you probably get named one of them. Because, <laughs> again, it's all about being recognized in the space, being the first that people think of. Because let's face it, it's so simple. When you do a research or your buddy tells you, oh, you know what? I use this. More so, the only one you ever see is McAfee or Norton, or Malwarebytes. You don't really care what your buddy told you. Your buddy might've told you about a great software solution, but you're probably gonna go with what's everybody knows. The brand they recognize. The yeah. brand. And, and, and I can tell you about great software, but you're probably not gonna use it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep, building that brand trust. And uh, you know, back to our conversation on AI, and, and Alex, you kind of touched on it, but I really think that AI is going to make this whole Web3 cryptocurrency and blockchain space better, but it's also going to flip around the same way. Decentralized technologies, Web3, crypto, blockchain is going to make AI better mm -hmm. in terms of inputs, in terms of transparency. Uh, you know, so I, I, and, and I think that's why the reason I bring I brought it up here and I bring I hear it brought up so many times is. I haven't been to one crypto meetup or event in the last four months without AI being a topic that everybody's talking about. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's creeping in everywhere and it just makes sense. That it creeps into this conversation because security <laughs> is a big concern with people, you know, and as technology evolves, the security has to evolve along with it. Uh, just like people say, Oh, what, what's going to happen to Bitcoin when there's, um, you know, quantum computing can take it down. Well, there's going to be quantum re quantum resistant ASIC. Quantum right? proofing. Be, yep. Yeah, quantum I mean, it, it's yeah. technology is going to evolve. Um, or technology. Well, I, heard, I heard somebody mention this the other day on on a podcast I was listening to. Uh, technology continues; it fails to evolve, and then that's when it evolves. It fails to scale, and then it evolves, and then it fails to scale again, and then it evolves, and and so that's where you see. Some projects drop off, some brands just completely go away. Mm -hmm. And those that are nimble, they can adapt to that. Uh, and let's face it, now you've got to adapt at a faster pace. 
because AI is changing the the game to where, hey man, that sounds cool. We'll probably see that in two to three years. No, it's out in two to three weeks. We're, we're reaching a point of critical mass where there's exponential growth. Right. And it's not, it's, it's ending itself. 10X, 100X. And before you know it, we could potentially come to a point of singularity. And what's really crazy is that there's this, this collision of multiple different technologies coming together right now. Mm-hmm. And you look at, you know, let Pandora's, uh, Pandora's out of the box because they've got robotics and AI coming together. You got AI with blockchain and decentralization. And then you take AI, blockchain, robotics, and merge that with what's happening in the world with all the biggest problem right now is cyber warfare and cybersecurity. The World Economic Forum said it's the biggest threat to the world right now. Yeah. Meanwhile, here we are building all of this and we have the biggest threat is technology and how fast it's moving and it's getting to the point where we can't, I don't know if we can control it. It's getting a little bit crazy. Too crazy, actually. <laughs> well, and that's just and that's just what we're aware of. Like, like doing an AI podcast and, and working with some of these companies, like I, I've seen a little behind the scenes on some stuff. Uh, and while MidJourney and ChatGPT and all the stuff is pretty cool, like it, there, there's just, it, it's so much more than what people even know right now. Uh, and for the AI enthusiasts on, on here listening in um, who've been really following this, they would also agree that they know of a lot of other programs out there that's being made and it's wild. But that's nothing compared to what we don't know about. Like if all this happened in the government and had this for years and years and years and years, okay, now that it's more public, what do they have that we're not privy to? That's 20 years ahead of us. Exactly. Yeah, and so there was predictions that uh, uh, artificial general intelligence um, and like sentient intelligence, like this was eight eight years off and and like 12 years for AGI. Uh, That number has been cut in half basically just off what we know today and it might even be cut in another half with what we don't know so yeah technology is moving so fast and, and that's why with like nfts kind of had a little phase for a bit where everyone was talking about nfts and then same thing with the metaverse everyone was talking about metaverse and then the both those kind of died down but ai i don't think is going to be a phase i think this is going to be an ever uh evolving topic and it's going to ingrain in society it's going to be so prevalent so i think this is something that is here to stay so for anybody out there that's going to school for ai or anything like that like you're probably in a good industry (laughs) i've kind of got i mean i I do agree with a lot what you're saying there alex because it's it's ready for consumer use it's not an early phase adoption where there's a lot of speculation around it um but i think we'll see something similar to what we saw in past adoption cycles where a lot of people are just going to attach AI to their name and try to ride that wave. Yeah. And those insignificant ones that don't really do anything, that don't differentiate, they're going to fall off. But uh, I'm glad you brought that up, man, because I wanted to shift the conversation to talk about some of these other technologies in Web3, NFT being one of them. Because that's, I think, when Adam, when we first met, um, a big part of your technology was around NFTs, NFT marketplaces, security around identifying NFTs. And that's still very important because mm-hmm. most people today don't even understand truly what NFTs are. They think they're a cartoon JPEG <laughs> of a profile picture that you just have ownership of. 
But man, utility of NFTs is just going to drastically accelerate. And what most people don't even realize that they're going to be using NFTs in the future. And we're not even going to call them. Not NFTs. even going to know they're doing it. Correct. Right. Your title to your car, your tight, your deed to your house, your, um, you know, just anything you, you, you get a, you go to buy your wife, a, a designer bag, and you're going to have a digital certificate saying that it's authentic. Mm -hmm. And that's, you're not even going to realize it's an NFT. They're, they're tokenizing everything. They can tokenize real estate, tokenize ownership. But the, here's the key is that NFTs is like an access pass for everything. Okay. Title of ownership for anything. And the thing is, is that it was in a hype cycle. So, of course, everybody got caught up in the exuberance <laughs> yeah. of the board apes and, you know, the V friends and doodles, etc. But at the beginning of any hype cycle, it has to run its cycle. And it ran its cycle. That didn't go anywhere. It is literally the backbone of most of the future decentralized applications that are being developed. It's the backbone of the economy of a lot of the metaverses. Uh -huh. And it is absolutely being adopted by the big Fortune 50 and 100 companies across the board. Every week, there's an article about a major company that is using NFTs, even Starbucks, Louis Vuitton, Adidas, Nike, Samsung, and go on and on. But it's becoming so important to them. At the beginning, they were just kind of playing with it. You know what I mean? And jump in a sandbox. Like they don't really want like a, a square purse if you're Louis Vuitton or Prada. You know, you, you want something high quality, you know, Unreal, Unreal 5 level, real high level, resolution quality graphics but they also want to be able to have utility that they can utilize to do rewards points so you can reward their customers and, and get access to all kinds of future access you know this is the vip access for the back end of the clothing sale that's going to happen at the end of this year and this is the kind of things they want they want these loyalty program that's what they want they want to grab you but they want to digitally grab you and they want to have this on our certificate. And we realized that in Reveal, we built the first security-centric NFT marketplace that uses an ability to do anti-rug pull in the full version, which will then check to see if the creator is the real person and have accountability and responsibility. Mm -hmm. The first one to check the authenticity and to make sure that what was created by that creator can be authenticated, not just owned. Uh -huh. And now we have a safe place for an artist or a brand or a creator to launch from. Now they can bring it anywhere they want after that. They can bring it to any NFT marketplace they want. But to start with, we had to battle test, we had to build an NFT marketplace, marketplace that's got that Amazon buy now, super easy, user experience and be able to keep them in a safe space and so that's one of the things that we've been really focused on and we're super proud of and we're about to roll out and uh it's been years in the making to build the underlining technology which is the api application platform interface that could work with any nft marketplace but we're going to start it out with our own 
We built our very own NFT marketplace. There's hundreds of them out there, maybe thousands of them. But to build one that anybody can go to, anybody can play with it, anybody can use it. So NFTs are not going anywhere. They are not. And they're going to become even more and more important as time goes on. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm glad you said that. I went down the NFT rabbit hole. I bought my first NFT in December of 2017. And uh, it was just to play around just to get a test of it. It was actually CryptoKitties. I was playing around with that. I actually made a few ETH off of CryptoKitties. So nice. Good for you. Can't really complain about that. You know, you could breed them and make new ones. So, uh, you know, and it was in the minting function. But I collected sports cards as a kid. So seeing that, that aspect, and then I went deep down the rabbit hole of what NFTs can be. And you, you gave some great examples. I mean, when someone's owned something in a metaverse, that unique item is going to be an NFT because it has to be have a unique identifier. When you own something in a game, a shield, a skin, a weapon, depending on whatever game you're playing, in, in future games that incorporate Web3, that's going to be an NFT. You're not going to call it that. And, and Adam, you said something that I've been telling people a lot. NFTs as being called access passes, that's what you're going to really see accelerate. Because you want to get the inside scoop. You want to be the insider in this, this company or this brand or whatever. You want to hear about everything first from this tech company. Get, get an access pass. And what is that access pass going to be? It's going to be, it's going to utilize NFT technology. We're just not going to call it NFT. Um, right. And if you buy like it with a credit card, so we're working with right. like NFT pay, you'll be able to connect with yeah. your credit card. You have no idea you even bought an NFT. You just spent something with a credit card. Medikey creates a wallet, mm-hmm. which literally just when you're onboarded with an email address, boom, you have a, you have a, you have a wallet and now you have custody that's sitting there and you can take access to it anytime you want. But I, I, I think that tr- there was a really cool gaming company called Shrapnel yeah. when I was in Consensus. You remember them. And yeah, so we're gonna be in talks with them and um, they're making a AAA gaming experience, but they're doing an NFT marketplace that is completely um, in the background. That when you're buying skin, just like you said, or you're buying weapons, you don't even realize you did it because the gamers are really resistant to get in the space. They are resistant. Yeah. Once they get in this space though, it's, it's over because there's hundreds of millions of gamers. I mean, that's yeah. one of the biggest, easiest adopters. If you go from your like younger generation with your Roblox, Minecraft, Fortnite, right? Then you go to the older generation, but your GTA five, and you go into the, you know, um, uh, Halo and, and all the, all of the, the World of Warcraft. When these games start to bring in NFTs and you can buy them with a credit card or, or in-game points, yeah, it's over. As soon as they realize that they can monetize this, it's also over. <laughs> they, yeah. they make millions Look, of dollars yeah. making games in Roblox. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, they can yeah. pull the People don't know this. I was talking to a guy who's making him and his buddy in their twenties. They've been doing Roblox games for five years. Met him in Boca, and they literally were shut off on their millions of dollars that were making Roblox because someone in their community converted something that they did to U.S. dollars, and they shut down their game money. They kept the game going and took all their money. Ouch! Yeah, all of their yeah, consistent that's... money. So that's crazy, web, right? Web, web two versus web three, you lose your ownership. Right. Uh, 
and Web Two. And you know, I've been saying this. I've been saying this all the time. Like we, we as we make the space easier, more important, we're gonna more and more people are gonna get in. Gaming is gonna be a cat- big catalyst to Web Three mm-hmm. adoption. But gamers don't really care if it's Web Two, Web Three. They're resistant because of the friction. We've got to make it to where they don't even realize that they're playing, operating in that space where they have NFTs, they're playing in a blockchain, or they have a wallet. And which you got, I think that's where this this whole collaboration that we're all doing, you guys have got the technology put in to help with this. MetaKeep, you mentioned, Naga and those guys, uh, we worked with them to get our, our technology into the wallet to create a, a wallet experience where the user doesn't even realize they're spinning up a wallet, a non-custodial wallet where they control, but they don't even realize they have it. And then on our case with the FIO names, where that FIO name is your wallet address, and they don't have to worry about those long, complicated wallet addresses because that's another friction point. But that handle that they use in the game is also their wallet address, but it also doesn't matter what chain they're playing the game on because they're not going to care right. whether they're playing the you game on know, Wax right? or Polygon or Solana. No, it's, it doesn't matter to them. But that one handle is universal instead of, okay, I've got this handle that I'm using when I'm playing on the Wax chain, but oh, <laughs> crap, I switched chains. i got to connect a different wallet with a new handle. That, that, that whole seamless experience where they don't even know is really what's going to drive and, and really accelerate adoption, I guess. Well, that's what, that's what makes FIO shine. Besides for you guys were super cool, you and Mike and the crew, um, I definitely saw the technology. Because it was the first time that somebody tried to do this was Dash, mm-hmm. like four or five years ago. But it was only on their chain, and it was only, you know what I mean? It wasn't universal. So to, to make it blockchain agnostic and to make it so it's a real good user experience. Right. Because let's face it, I, I run, I don't know, 10 or 12 MetaMasks. Each one has four or five addresses. Then I have, uh, you know, multiple cold stores wallets. <laughs> and then I have, uh, at one time we had 30 exchanges. Just remembering IDs and passwords. But the actual codes, the freaking, I have to remember the last four digits. And there's a new scam, by the way, another PSA, <laughs> super important. It happened the other day to me, but thank God I caught it. What they'll do is they'll take the first five or six digits of an address and the four last digits or five or digits, five or six, and they'll make it exactly the same as your last transaction. Last transaction. And what they'll do is they'll send you a, they'll send you a, a couple of dollars or pennies, whatever it is, in your wallet. Yeah, like dust. And people are in a habit of just clicking the last one that you sent to because it's such a pain in the ass to confirm if it was the right one and go back to see where you got it from. Maybe send us to your WhatsApp or somebody sent you an email. Oh, well, I, I must have sent it to him before. I'll just click. I'll send it to him again. Go look close. It's happening all the time. Yeah. So I encourage you, my PSA, do not click the last link you sent to. Because it may not be the right address. Someone else's address. Yeah. Crazy. And I, I think... Go ahead, Tony. To, Sorry, I just wanted to add, uh, Adam. You you might know this. Uh, recently, a buddy of mine kind of was a victim of exactly what you just what you just said. Uh, you know, he his uh, trust wallet was completely wiped clean uh, from from something as simple as that. It's not verifying the last transaction or or the actual digits or the actual address. It's very very easy to fall for this. And this guy is not you know a novice. He's he's very techy. He's into the, in in the space. He's been in crypto since 2017. It can happen to anybody. And there, there needs to be safeguards and things in place to to help the the average Joe, if you will. But even even myself, 
you know, as, as intelligent as I like to believe I am, um, it, it's, it's very, very easy to fall for stuff like this, even if you haven't noticed it. Now they're getting even more clever with, with other things such as emails where they're actually putting your name. I don't know how they're getting the database for, the, for this information because like the first red flag, if I see an email, right, from Coinbase, for example, right, it's going to address me by my name. It's not going to say, dear Mr. Sir, you know, ma'am, it's, it's going to address me by my name. And now they're, you know, it's getting scarier and scarier. Now they're actually getting some kind of database that has my, at least my first name. And oh. it's, it's kind of weird, but. Which is why you need a me. company looking out for people. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, you need a trusted brand. I wonder, trusted brand. I wonder where that could be. Uh, maybe something <laughs> will be revealed soon, right? Something will be revealed. <laughs> Well, real quick really to go back, uh, go real back to the last topic uh, that you just brought up, Wayne. NFTs, I think, are going to make a big comeback. And, and all of you guys said the exact reason why a lot of people were hesitant, especially in the gaming industry as well as other hesitant people too, was people are looking for the utility. They're looking for something to work, something to help me out. Oh a lot of this space, uh, it, it, people kind of view it as, oh, you just go there and invest magic internet money and it will maybe turn into more magic internet money or not. But when these solutions right. come out um, that are making uh, these uh, uh, games like cross compatible and you can bring things uh, interoperable between stuff, like all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is actually pretty cool because it's the utility. And that's where I think a lot of NFTs are gonna, there's gonna be so many good ideas with NFTs and smart contracts. People are gonna revolutionize uh, one quick example, and uh, then I'll turn back to you, is I was just talking with a movie or a, a music producer guy. Um, and in today, like t if, if, you, if you're an aspiring musician, like let's say Tony is a, a, an aspiring musician, the only real ways that you can make it big is you got to know somebody that knows somebody or you got to go on a show like The Voice or, or something like that, right? Um, kind of long gone are the days where people are discovering music like Justin Bieber was discovered on, on YouTube. Um, but with smart contracts, we can kind of change the game up a little bit. One question I've asked at least 40 people, uh, and I've never gotten an answer to it, is uh, using The Voice as an example. It's, it's the number one show out there for musicians, okay? Um, name me one winner in the last seven years. Just one winner. No one can think of it. And some people could say, oh, well, I don't watch The Voice or something like that. Okay, but you would still hear news, like American Idol and Kelly Clarkson and all this stuff. Like it was all over the place. Uh -huh. You would hear about. So how come we don't how come we don't know these people anymore? It's because these shows, they're they're not about the singer. It, it, it's about the judges. It's about the production. It's not so much about the talent on stage, which is why there's no follow-up or anything either. Like someone wins last year, okay, what'd they do? Did, did they go make an album? Like, I don't know what happened. So, um, but with smart contracts, this th this could be some game-changing stuff here. Like number one, um, let's say Tony is this just really freaking good musician that sells NFTs and smart contracts. What if I bought an NFT from Tony for like, let's say a hundred bucks and written in the smart contract was that I get 0.5% uh, of all his record sales uh, that he does for the rest of his life. like. Cool. Here's a way that I believe in this guy so he can make some money off people that believe in him uh, by people buying his NFTs. And then we can get hooked up by him going out and performing and selling records. And I actually am now incentivized to send his name all over the place and say, you guys got to check him out. You guys got to check out. Why? Because I, I'll make you want him to be successful. successful. I want him to be successful. 
which is another question I, I ask people is when's the last time you shared music with somebody else? Like kind of long gone are the days where we like write CDs and send like, Oh, you got to listen to the song. Like everything's just kind of presented you in Spotify. Here's what you could listen to. And here's what next, but no one really shares music anymore. But something like this, I absolutely would share Tony's name all over the place. And what a cool thing. I believe in this guy. I get a percentage of that. It's built into the smart contract. So these NFTs and smart contracts can revolutionize this industry uh, and numerous industries. And I think that's where you a lot of people are going to say, this is really cool technology. Uh, and it's going to get a lot more adoption real quick. You know, they're locking it down. I'm explaining what's happening. So... Oh, Adam, you're echoing a little bit. You got to mute one of them. Yeah, both. Yeah, both of oh. them. Are... Grimes, there yeah. you go. Better. Good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to video it, and I'm muted. Um, Grimes actually realized that Post Malone and Drake, and they were literally taking a sample of their voice, and they were sending it out there and creating their own brand new music that wasn't them, right? So now. You've got somebody like Grimes went to Eli must have went to her and said, "Hey, I'll let you use my voice track, and you can get fifty percent of the royalties, but I'm going to control it at the at the platform level, at the Apple iTunes, at the Spotify, at all those levels. Mm-hmm. And now you've got all these entertainers that can utilize their their fame, but their voice they're allowed to now you can monetize it. The problem is." It's the NFTs, and they've been trying to do this for a while. So the audio, controlling the centralization of audio, okay? So like Audius and and these platforms that you can play only in these platforms, but it doesn't give you the full distribution of the big boys. And the big boys are the ones who are taking most of the money. They're the ones, unfortunately, are controlling the game. If somebody can get in the NFT space and create a distribution platform, as as much as iTunes and or Spotify, that's going to change the game. I don't know who that's going to be. There's a lot of companies trying to do it, but that's going to change the game. And whoever does it, yeah. contact us. We'll protect your NFTs. Yeah. We're already going to protect <laughs> those right. NFTs. There absolutely. You there you go. All right, guys. So, hey, as we wrap up here, it's been a great conversation. I'm wondering, uh, Alex, you mentioned a couple times. Should we ask Tony to sing before we leave? Yes, he's, dude, he's really good. Right, Especially on him. the spot on a call. He just can belt it out in Let's the moment. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll, I'll set up the, the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Journey plan. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right, uh, Adam, as far as the Grimes deal. I mean, that's – she's pretty smart to say that she would share royalties with that because it's going to happen anyway why not get some control on it and then distribution is going to be important that's where nfts come in but when you think about it most of these singers they're not writing their own songs anyway so they're not now you've got someone you don't even have to perform it now you may want to perform it if it goes viral but you're going to have someone take your voice write a song put it together the f- do uh, do every the all the cre- all the creation first ethereum i ever saw i kid you guys not it was in 2016 was by Bjork, B-I-O-R-K. She was like mm-hmm. super ahead of the time. And they created, it was, wasn't even MetaMask. It was an Ethereum wallet connector that allowed you to buy all the tracks of her entire album. And you could buy her voice track, the drum track, the, the, the uh, guitar wow. track, the whole tracks. 
or the whole album, and you could buy royalties to it. And they were selling it individually. And that's how far back that was. And it still hasn't picked up steam. That was in 2016. It's 2023. It was super early. It was so early. Absolutely. Nowadays, people are realizing, that. you know what? I can actually become famous. You made, yeah. you made so much of a good point, Alex. Mm -hmm. But we could talk for hours on, on audio and NFTs. But thank you so much, Wayne. <laughs> Absolutely. So as we wrap up, guys, um, Adam, why don't you tell everybody where they can find out more information about Reveal and all the great stuff that you guys are doing and maybe plug that Twitter space one more time. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, Reveal Twitter is Real Tech. So it's R Real Reveal, Reveal Tech, R-E-V-3-A-L-T-E-C-H on Twitter. You want to make sure you go to approved socials for us, our approved socials. So go to CoinMarketCap, look up Reveal, and then from Reveal, you can find all our socials there. Every single Wednesday at 10 o'clock Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, we do our real talk. We're talking about AI, we're talking about metaverse, we're talking about crypto, we're talking about security, we're talking about real world problems. We have top level speakers like Blockchain Wayne. We have incredible people on there on a regular basis sharing value. Yep. Just giving back as much as we can. You know, we were in this space, 2016, we had nobody to turn to. Literally, we had to learn as we went. And we want to share that back with people. We want to provide value. And if you want to come on stage, all you just put your hand up. And as long as you can speak, we will have you on our, our stage. And we'll be more than happy to have you share some value with our community. We've created partnerships, collaborations, just from the Twitter space. Like, I kid you not. That's how powerful our Twitter space is. And so, yeah, we'd love to have you on there again. Of course, Absolutely. Wayne. And, uh, yeah, we do that every single week. We've been doing it for almost a year now. Absolutely. And reveal.io is our, is our main website. We're about to do a re, relaunch of our website for the next couple of three weeks. We'll announce that. Um, but, yeah, it's very exciting. Nice. I thought you guys had a pretty nice website to begin with, so I can't wait to see that. Oh, it's going to be even better. The, the new it's redesign really is even better, brother. Yeah. Nice. You know, as y'all know from our personal conversations, we struggle with our, our website, the prior team that built our website. And uh, I would kind of use that. I was like, look at what Reveal has. This is, this is kind of, <laughs> we need something more in line with that. That's more Web3 than the uh, what we have out. But we actually have a, a redesign coming out in a few weeks as well. Good. Beautiful, man. That's uh, awesome. 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 We always like helping out partners uh, that we yeah, like. So absolutely. Really absolutely. Reach out to us. Man, yeah. I actually thought about going to a few of the websites. I just found a tool recently, an AI tool, to where it, you can, it can build, pull the HTML code to where you can, if I like the way your website is, I, I, I put in that website and it, it basically creates me a copy of it. Yeah. And I can go in and edit it. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. No, it's, it, it's made it so much easier for click funnels. Websites, coding, you can just plagiarize and steal everything, really. Great, great artists. That's, that's what great artists do. Good artists, they copy. Great artists steal. Steal. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, I heard we, we did a workshop last week for business owners in New Orleans, and one of the guys that, that, that came and talked, um, I can't really say who it works for. He asked me to, to clip the video because his company hasn't come out with a public stance on crypto and uh, Web3. 
and and AI, but he basically he told the group he says what they're seeing the shift happen, and this is really probably across any industry right now. Productivity productivity used to be the the gauge that that determined how successful somebody would be or how how great they would be rated if they were rated by their company and it's shifting away from productivity and more to creativity Mm -hmm. because all the tools are there for productivity now it's how creative can you be with it which is 100 agree with that yeah very true yeah total side total side topic i won't go long just because we're towards the end but i find it interesting like when we were kids like we were very creative we had legos we'd create worlds like we're very creative but the the real world wasn't very conducive to the like job wise for creative people like if you were trying to become an artist or you're trying to become like you were almost looked down upon like oh you're gonna have a tough time because there's not a lot of demand well that's kind of changing to where now like this creativity is very wanted and needed and so i love that you brought that up indeed absolutely cool so as we wrap up guys uh, any last words? I guess I'll start with you, Tony. Any any last words for anybody? Just according uh, uh, thoughts. I'm just ready to close it out with uh, with a singing man. So if you need me to, I you know, I can jam it out. <laughs> no, thank you so much for for having Is that AI us. Generated? <laughs> it's AI generated. Yeah, it's uh, AI generated. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, go. thank you for having us, man. It's absolutely a pleasure. It's always good seeing you at, at the events and connecting with you. Um, you know, Theo and the team, uh, you guys are incredible. You guys are always on our Twitter space and, and we love to continue to see you there. Um, one of the key things that we talked about, in fact, right before we, we jumped on with you in our meetings, we had, we just had our, our team meetings. And one of the biggest things that we were talking about is collaborating with our partners. You know, we, we, we have a hundred partners. Um, we, we, you know, want to do more of a, of a, you know, connection with them, not just saying that we have them just to have them. We actually want to interact. You're obviously one of those partners that, that we love and appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to continue to expand that horizon. So we, we thank you for putting us in this platform um, with you and, and giving us the opportunity to have a voice. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, we, we have the same conversations as well. We've got a We've got to, um, you know, work with our partners more, not just saying, okay, we're partnering with them and it's on the website, but what can we do week in and week out to help lift each other up? So, yeah, I think outreach is super important, you know, building out your ecosystem because ecosystem is everything, right? And we knew that from day one that we wanted to build as big an ecosystem as possible and uh, have you guys as partners and also getting a chance to spend quality time, having dinner and hanging out and going to Mm -hmm. VIP parties together. It's been amazing. Um, blockchain Wayne, Absolutely. matter of fact, I went to an event in Arizona and I sat in his yes. seat because he was tied up. <laughs> yeah. He was tied up I had on a flight a plane. delay. I, I couldn't make it there. Yeah. Couldn't make it there. And um, but no, I truly appreciate you putting these spaces on. Uh, this podcast is amazing. It's a great platform for us to share how we can help, provide value, and of course, you know, when we go through the future, we're going to have Twitter spaces, bring other parties on the team. I know you have not just yourself, but multiple other people have come on our Twitter spaces from FIO. I want to thank you guys for your time today. We always are truly happy to have quality people in this space that are leading the charge, that are doing what they say they're going to do. You know, you guys have a coin. You guys are on multiple exchanges. You guys have an incredible product that solves problems. And you guys are doing a great space in this podcast that people are going to come and enjoy. And I thank you again for having us today. 
Absolutely. Been a pleasure. I think we have a lot of the same ideologies and where we have to continue to build trust and educate people, uh, not just put out a good product and say, here's our product, go use it, but build community, build, um, build trust, build brand. So thanks for that, Adam. Uh, definitely uh, see a lot of the same. There, there's so much synergies here. I think that's why we all click so well together. Um, any other final thoughts from anybody else before we wrap up? It's been a great chat. Appreciate your time, man. All Thank you so way. much, Wayne. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Tony. Cool. Thank you, Alex. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Thanks, guys. And thanks, thanks everybody, everybody for listening in. And we will catch you all on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Bye, everybody.